This is episode number 30 with women selling and money blocks. Welcome to the Herpreneur Lifestyle Show. I'm your host, Annette Lakovich. Join me as I bring you the most cutting edge, coolest people in the planet to help you live a bigger, fuller life as a female entrepreneur. More health, more wealth, more happiness as you continue to grow your extraordinary business. Now, let's go. Woman now attracting easy money. Wow. In your business, your relationships, you can have it. Your self-esteem with speaking another language. It's official. Raise your glasses. Your business is now speaking to the masses. Hello. Today, we are changing the show up. Today, I'm bringing you an interview from a radio show called Boss Radio. And the interviewer is Deanne Carter from the Women's Money Forum, and she's interviewing me. Yes. And we talk about women, money blocks, women and selling and being able to help grow their business. And, you know, from my 17 years of coaching women in sales and in business, there are some big blocks around money, asking for the money, learning how to package and price and how to explain your products. And we go there today. Plus in the last section about the programming stuff that's at an unconscious level, stuff that's been programmed without you even realizing from your parents or fears of moving away from the tribe. And I give you such an amazing download, if I do say so myself, where I'm just in a zone. And what you may not know is not just from my sales background, but for me to be able to really do transformations on stage, I do hypnosis, subconscious repatterning, and a lot of master practitioner work. And it's like all the information just came to me to be able to deliver it to you. So make sure you listen all the way to the end. I hope you get some amazing breakthroughs, amazing aha moments. If you love the show, thank you for listening and also share it with a friend. I've edited it where we go straight into the questions. So we get straight down to the nitty gritty for you. Enjoy. This topic is all about how do you make more money? So in business, what's one of the what's one of the key things that you talk about with uh, the women that you're coaching yeah. around making money? The very first thing, if you have to strip everything back, you're not going to make any money if you do not have a good product to market fit. That's the very first thing. So you want to make sure that what you're creating, if it's a physical product, something tactile, I don't know, <laughs> water spray, um, if it's um, a, a, a gadget, if it's a program, a product or a service, you have to make sure that that product matches the marketplace because otherwise it's going to be a continual uphill push all the way. Yeah. And to do that, you need to test it first. Mm-hmm. You need to test it on a few clients where you get people continually asking you that's what they want before you put it out there. So that would be absolutely step one. Yeah, because how often do people have a great idea mm-hmm. but uh, they haven't tested the market? Yeah, and I've done it. I've done it. I've done exactly the same thing where, and you learn, and this is for me, it's, I think I could have the best sales skills in the world, but I could create a product, which I did about four years ago and I didn't test it in the marketplace. Mm. And it was, it was pretty much a flop. I maybe had two people buy it. (laughs) So, but the good thing was, it was my lesson as well, just going, even though I'm great at selling, I still have to make sure that I test that product before I go out there. Mm. And that's the one thing is how are you actually testing it? Are you doing surveys? Are you doing things on Facebook? Are you, have you got clients that ask for it and you test it on your clients first? Um, that's the very first thing 
to be able to even know that you're going to make money. Mm. Then the strategy is coming after that. Yeah, yeah. And so with this, with this, uh, so you've got your product. Mm-hmm. And you know that people want it. What's uh, w- when you come into the sales process? What's one of the biggest things that you see that people struggle with? Mm. Explaining their product so it, it it resonates with the customer's pain um, challenge. Um, it's what we call they sell logically. Right. So the biggest problem is that you're so good at knowing what your product or your service does, mm. but the, when you explain it to your customer, it doesn't set them alive, even though you have now got the product to market fit, but they don't know how to communicate it so it truly resonates. So we need to make sure we're doing a highly emotional and connective type of communication Mm-hmm. where we're connecting with their fears, their frustrations, their challenges or their pain points mm-hmm. or we're communicating that that connects them to their deepest desires or their fulfilment or their goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that, uh, and, and I remember you talking about this, is that people, they buy emotionally but they need to be able to back it up logically. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, when, when you're so connected to your own product, you, 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 you're telling all the features and benefits and features and benefits and features mm-hmm. and benefits, but you're not connecting emotionally with the, with the customer. Yeah. And sometimes it's even nerves. Sometimes it's the nerves because I don't know how many of the women that are listening or, or if you've got men on the show as well that actually listen they, by the time they're getting their product or their service out there, they maybe weren't born to be a salesperson, but they love what they do. Mm. So when they're actually in front of them, they start to talk about, like you said, their features. And if they're lucky, the benefits, because the benefits do start to go with more of the emotional connection. Mm. But they even sometimes just go straight into talking about the product without talking about the person's need. Mm. So which means if I'm talking about the product, I can talk about a product in five different ways. Let's just say I've got a microphone here for a podcast, right? I could sell this microphone for to a podcaster and the way that I'd connect it would be asking what's important to that person's podcast show before I start talking about the product. I could talk to somebody about um, maybe they need the microphone because they're going to do on-stage interviews. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that we're doing more of a tailored presentation before we even talk about the features and the benefits of the product. Yeah. And then we've got more of a connection to that customer's true needs. Mm, mm. So it's all, this show is all about show me the money. Like make, yeah. How do I make more money? So what's the key thing that, so you've taken someone through mm-hmm. uh, you know, a series of questions. So yeah. you're in business, you've got a great product, you've tested it, you've, you're now in front of, the client mm-hmm. and you've asked them a few questions when do you dive in and ask for the money you're asking for the money from the start ah, I love that. <laughs> a lot of people think that the sale is at the end the sale is at the start it's how mm. you start mm. you have to start with that customers and you're saying the biggest thing is about making the money mm. you if as soon as you start looking at your customer as a dollar sign they will feel it Mm. And when I say the style starts at the start, it's not that you look at them as a dollar sign. You look at them as how can I help you mm. with this product? Yeah. So the communication, the emotional communication is at the very start 
with all the questions, the delivery on tailoring it to that customer's needs, though asking for the money then is yeah. definitely at the end. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I hope yeah. it's at the end because you might have to overcome an objection yeah. <laughs> to the objections yeah. at the end. Yeah. Though, um, you know, you want to make sure that you ask for the sale and that's one of the biggest things that people don't do. They might do the front end all perfect and then they think the customer's going to go, okay, sign, sign me yeah. up wh- 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 or let me purchase it. Yeah, or here's my credit card. But um, the statistics show, and these statistics have been around for a long time, so I don't know where they're at these days and I don't know how they measure them. Though... The statistic, as far as I know, back in the day, was 68% of the time you lose a sale just because you didn't ask that final question, which is, so would you like to go ahead with it? Or an alternative option close, which is, which one would you prefer? Or would you prefer to pay by card or cash? Just not even asking that final decision-making question is what normally kills the sale and has you lose the actual the transaction. Wow. Wow. Mm. One of the things that I remember being told years ago is that uh, clients have a great way of being able to sniff whether you're desperate for a sale. So one (laughs) of the things is that, you know, when you're, when you're in business and you're, uh, you're desperate for the money, because let's Mm. face it, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, that entrepreneur's hero's journey is, oh, yes, I'm flying one day and the next day, oh, my God, I think I'm going bankrupt the next. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, there there can sometimes be this financial stress that sits around being in business for yourself. So Mm. if you're desperate for the sale, people have a way of being able to sniff that. So how, how do you work with clients around getting that, um, I guess, out of the, out of the picture. Is there a trick to that? Yeah. Look, um, there's a few things you can do. The first thing is remember the place that you're coming from of of service. Um, It can be actually really quite selfish in a way where you continue just thinking about the sale. And you're right, the, the customer sniffs it out straight away. You can only think of one thought per second and you're in total control of that thought process. So if I've got somebody that's learning to sell, let's just say that they're an entrepreneur, they didn't sign to be up to be signed up to be the salesperson, but they need to get their product and service out there. Um, I will get them to get into check if it's before they walk up to that front door, if they're in their car, if it's before that meeting. And the first thing is that they go through all the benefits, the solutions, the the way that their product solves a person's problem. So before they maybe have worked out what this customer needs, because maybe they haven't had that telephone conversation, though they have to sit there in the car, in the hallway before the meeting, whatever it is, and just fill up their level of happiness, their happy cup of the positive stuff. Like my brand helps women lose weight, feel incredible, increases self-esteem, or my product helps people make money, um, streamlines accountability, streamlines the systems in the workplace, let's just say they've got a software product. And if they can just start to focus on all the positive stuff, it will change one, their level of vibration, which I don't know it's going to be too woo-woo for some people listening, (laughs) but it changes what we're talking about is how they feel when they show up. Mm. And you're saying that a client or a prospect can sniff 
desperation straight away. How you show up, that first intensity when you walk through the door is definitely that first impression that you can't change. Imagine if you're filled up your happy cup with all the amazing stuff that your business can do or your service Mm. can do and you walk through that door, there's a different energy. Mm. And when we talk about energy, I don't know if you've ever walked into a room and you've looked around and you could feel something's going on and you say to people when you walk in, what's just happened? What's mm, gone on? So that's we, a good example. We yeah. naturally feel energy without even have to say anything. Yeah. And that's why it's important before you even walk in, if you've got those nerves, if you're feeling like, oh, my God, I have not sold this product for the last month, for the last six months, so I haven't even sold it yet, yeah. you need to get yourself into check beforehand and remember all the amazing stuff that your product or service can do before yeah. you get through that door. Yeah, it's such a good example, that one about coming into a room and knowing that something's yeah. gone on. Because and, and you know what? You're talking to the right girl when you're talking about energy because I love energy. <laughs> Money, <laughs> after all, is just an energy, Ooh, right? Oh, yes, you're right. Yes, so, yes. So, and I talk about the word emotion. Emotion is just energy in motion. Mm. And, um, you know, when we have emotion or energy emotion around our fear about whether I'm going to make a sale or not, then, you know, that just really shows up, that energy. You've got energy working with energy and it just gets amplified. So that's why I think, you know, um, why people can sniff that desperation. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'm now going to jump in and start talking about something that I'm really passionate about. And I know, Anna, you would have seen this a lot of times in dealing with uh, your clients, and that is this issue of permission. Mm -hmm. Because if we're going to make more money, we have to be able to give ourselves permission to make more money. So, you know, you've been talking about um, the sales process and and how you know the energy of the sales mm. process. I think one of the things that sits underneath that is your permission to yeah. ask for money, permission to have money. So can you elaborate a little bit more on your experience of how you've seen that mm. that little piece around permission show up for women? Oh. I've just got goosebumps. I always get goosebumps when I speak to you, Tian, because (laughs) you ask such good questions. All right. I'm going to talk first about experience I had with myself. Mm. All right. Because that's that's the that's the the most highest integrity place that I can come from where um, I for some I, I grew up in a family that was a middle-class family, but my parents' mindset was always scarcity. Mm-hmm. It was always around scarcity. You know what? Then, Your parents and just about every other yeah, yeah. parents. And, and mm. you know, where they've come from as well. Mm. So their mm. upbringing was, you know, their parents had gone through the war. So there was like different stages that they've been growing up in. And so when I got into employment, I was always underpaid. Because ah. you're all, from the fitness industry, yeah? Is that what I was fitness yeah. industry, yeah. And I was always the... I was always working for businesses that would underpay their Mm. their staff Mm. and I was too scared to ask. And I remember one day when I plucked up the courage, which was probably about two years later, the courage to ask for a 50-cent pay rise, which actually, (laughs) 50 cent an hour extra, um, to be at the award. And I remember it took a lot of courage to do that. Fast forward until I was 27, 
I was still working for a sales training company where I was still getting an extremely low base, mm. very low base, $27,000 a year. And look, bases really should have been around 40000 Wow. But my commissions were high. Mm-hmm. So again, I was employed by somebody who had a scarcity mentality on what they paid mm-hmm. someone. I accepted it. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed working with him, he had a very big scarcity mentality as well with just around money. Mm-hmm. I stepped away from that because I realized that I could earn what he was pimping me out for, what I could say <laughs> is <laughs> I was that they were charging they were charging fifteen hundred dollars a day for me to come into a corporate client wow. and to train their staff and I was getting about three hundred dollars from that oh, from that wow. day. So then I knew that he was undercharging and I thought that really you should be charging around that two and a half, three thousand dollar mark for corporates. So I left mm. and I thought I'm gonna start charging myself $3,000. So I got the first phone call and it was for a 90-minute presentation from a big music company that um, everybody knows in Australia. And they said, we want you to speak at our conference for, I think it was 60 minutes, I think, not 90 minutes, 60 minutes. Mm. And they said, how much do you charge? And I thought, holy shit. Sorry, I don't know if that's a but that's what I thought. And I thought, I've just honoured this to myself the day before. Wow. And I said $3,000. Yeah, because I thought I cannot book anyone else in for that day, and I got it. And the moment I got it, the difference in my income changed by one thousand percent by honouring what I was worth. Wow! And that was the change for me finally to stand up to say I will only accept what I think I am worth. That changed my earning potential within 24 hours Mm. and then in another six months time it was completely different what I was earning in a year working like a slave I'd already smacked that over like two or two times double the time in the six months wow and that's giving myself permission to get paid my value wow I love Mm. that I never knew that about you Anna no (laughs) (laughs) that you know and it's funny just uh like as listening to you as you were saying that I can imagine when they asked you what's your what's your rate to come in and speak Mm. that that moment of shaking in your boots like oh heavens am I going to cut myself out of the picture if I say what I think I Mm. need you know what I think I'm worth yeah. If I say $3,000, they might say, oh, no, there's no way we're going to pay you that. So, mm. and, and you lose the opportunity. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, people think, oh, well, maybe I'll just say, oh, $1,500. Don't underquote themselves. Then, yeah, underquote themselves because then mm. that, that they'd rather have something rather than nothing. But yeah. that actually erodes that internal dial or, you know, it. It changes that internal dialogue that you have with yourself then. So listening to what you've just said, you know, as soon as you made that, no, I'm worth $3,000 and you got it, within a moment your whole way of, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It was, it just, it was proof. So because I did that for myself, this was like years ago now, Mm. for my clients now, I will see what their price point is. And I've had people double their price within a day. Mm. Um, One client started off with um, $500 for a product. I said, your product's worth a thousand. You've got to put it up now. Um, 
there's been clients where they've gone from $6,000 to $11,000 over a year period. They slowly increased it, slowly increased it, slowly increased it. And they always quoted lower because they were scared they're going to get this, not get the sale. Yeah. Um, and this is what you're saying where they discount. And the hard thing is, I know this is with graphic designers. So graphic designers will underquote. And then they're so peed off because they're doing all the work anyway. And that's like a money's for hours model, which is yes. really hard. Yes. Um, you know, eventually you want to, listeners want to be able to give yourself permission to say, how can I start not doing the trading for hours for money model? How can I start to do something where it's low time, but a lot of return? Yes. But also a lot of return and value for your client as well. Um, and that's also giving yourself permission to not have to work hard for the money. Mm. It's work once, get the product or get the model or whatever it is, and then it's rinse and repeat. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, so, wow, there's so many uh, <laughs> rabbit holes days. I could go down <laughs> <laughs> off that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so permission. Now, Let's talk a little bit more about this because you said something right at the very beginning about uh, your parents mm-hmm. and coming up through in you know the, the war and uh, you know the scarcity mentality and then you noticed that the scarcity mentality again with the guy that you worked mm-hmm. uh, that you worked with and the scarcity mentality is something that you know I have seen that a lot where we, we, it's like we've got to hang on really tight to everything that we have. Is there a time when you've seen someone where they've just gone, you know what, I'm just going to relax, mm-hmm. I'm just going to relax with everything and not hang on so tight where, and this does start to sound a little bit woo-woo, but where um, the universe has just yeah. brought everything rushing towards you. Absolutely, continuously because when a person normally starts with, let's just say, the sales coaching, it's because they're normally at the desperate end. They're like, right. I need sales. The business has been going for a while and we're not getting sales we're losing sales. Right. So the first thing is total detachment because detachment of the outcome mm-hmm. and more connection with, again, which we're repeating with what we're talking about before, which is connection to why did you create the product, what made you think that it was so brilliant in the first place and how it actually helps. So as soon as you actually let go, um, there's a saying which I know that you know, D, which is what you resist persists. And when you're continually resisting something, Mm. then you're going to keep getting the same problem. Mm. When, when finally you sort of loosen up the reins of the horse yeah. <laughs> and allow it to gallop free, um, it's so much different energetically where you do start to have things aligned or you see things that maybe you wouldn't have seen before because you had your blinkers on. Mm. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So what, what's one of the techniques that you use with women that you have uh, coached in the past around their permission? So they've come to you and they yeah. thought, uh, you know, their, their, their value is $100 for a product or $100 an hour, whatever mm. it might be, and you've looked at what their offering is and you've gone, lady, you should be earning more money. <laughs> yeah. How do you tackle that? 
Yeah, such an interesting question. The first thing is, like, if I just go through just a conversation just to see if there's congruencies or not, and congruencies are just, you know, any type of facial twitches or strong nods or belief visually. Um, But I have something that just pretty much obliterates anything from where a person is to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. And it's called timeline therapy. Um, right. Or the actual deeper name is a transderivational search. A transderivational search. Right. And um, what we do is they're normally just in my home office here and we map out just, there's a whole heap of numbers on the ground. They actually physically take, they have to take their shoes off. It's a very grounding technique. And they're actually writing these numbers on there. And these numbers are specific parts of their life. Mm-hmm. And we take, we map them through and they stand on each part. And I ask these questions about their belief systems. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's like a scaffold where someone pulls one pin at the bottom and then all <sighs> their negative belief systems wow. just go. So when they, when they get to the end, there's, there's tears, there's joy, there's, it's all. <laughs> It's all high energy. And um, one of the ones that I can relate to, because we do it for different things, but a lot of it's during like money breakthrough or anything like that. Mm. Um, this girl, she was about to get the sack from her, from her job. And this is normally I work with women in business, not mm-hmm. employees. Mm-hmm. Um, but she actually came to me. She said, I know you actually work with, you know, sales. She said, I'm about to lose my job. I sell property for a living. And I sell it in Canberra and I sell it in Perth. And I saw from the stage and my average is one and a half sales mm-hmm. per presentation. The average is three. So she's underneath. Right. right? She's halfway. Yeah. So she sells about one and a half properties, if you can yeah. work that out, yeah. Per, yeah. per presentation. So we, I did all, I could teach someone the skills, skills, skills as much as they want, but if they don't believe it, they might have the words that they need to say, but they don't have the permission and the feeling, right? That really energetic that you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, right. So anyway, we did the timeline therapy on her tears at the end as normal, you know, happy tears. Mm. And, um, and it all comes back to self. Anyway, she's off to Perth and she texts me uh, 48 hours later. Yeah. And she typed two numbers. One and three, 13. Wow. <laughs> 13, 13 properties from the stage. Wow. So, and that was just someone that had, and I could do stories for days for this, that mm. what happens, mm. um, hers was such an extraordinary number because if you think about the cost of the property as well, the dollars, yes. the amount, yes. with her giving herself permission in so many different ways. Yeah. Wow. But, yeah, timeline therapy is definitely one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's an awesome technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, and I have done some something similar to that and it actually took me back to when I was about three and uh it blew me away at the time uh and it was a situation where as a three-year-old my siblings were all given money from my grandparents because they had participated in a state athletics carnival. And because I was three, I didn't. <laughs> I was too young. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what did that mean to you? Well, uh, I, I was very upset that I didn't get 50 cents. Yeah. And uh, so my grandma had said to me, well, run down the stairs, run down to the back of the yard, around the pole three times and come back. <laughs> and so I trottled off and I... I remembered in doing this timeline therapy 
the feeling that I had as a three-year-old of running down the stairs. Mm-hmm. I knew that it wasn't legitimate. Yeah. You know, you, she, was, yeah. she was getting me to do something. <laughs> mm. and, when, and when I got the money and I didn't get 50 cents, I got 20 cents uh, and how... I, and I remembered the feeling. It felt like I was being patronised, and mm. that I would that I'd carried that with me for yeah. so many years. And mm. as soon as I identified it, it was like, oh wow, yeah. how we how we take these moments in time and collapse them mm-hmm. to have them mean something. Yeah, and uh, that can really impact our permission that we give ourselves to have more. Yeah, and you're the, and people might listen and say, I can't remember when I was three. It, it's when you do a, a strategy like that, it takes you back and you won't even consciously know about it until someone steps you Correct. through. The permission point pops up. Suddenly you get this flashier picture and you go, oh, my gosh, I know exactly when it was. And as soon as you do that, you realise that you've been looking at that problem of the world through that six-year-old, seven-year-old, three-year-old's eyes, that belief system. Yeah. So, And that's what blocks that big energetic lack of permission for whatever area it is in your life. So I've worked with people with obesity, with all different types of stuff. But for me, I was like, you know what, I just want to bring it back to business. That's that's my core. Yes. <laughs> <Sales>. <laughs> Otherwise, that, that, that strategy you can use for anything. It, yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that was the thing that blew me away. I had, like you said, That's I awesome. was not consciously looking for it. It just yeah. popped out and I was Such- like, oh, there it is. That's how I viewed the world from that point of view. Mm. Yeah. And as soon as you deal with it, it just, yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> so all of us are carrying these belief systems around mm. uh, around money, and and like you said, around so many aspects of our life. Um, yeah. And it's a that's great technique that can be used across so many different avenues. Um, and isn't it funny how it shows up? Because it shows up as, uh, well, I can't ask for money because I'm not worthy. Mm -hmm. It shows up as, uh, well, I had a a gorgeous lady that I was working with and she was already well on her way with her financial well-being. She had, she and her husband had five properties. So you would think that she would have her money story sorted and she did. But mm-hmm. she was at that point of taking it to the next level and uh-huh. that's when it popped up. It brought up a brand new fear, a brand yeah. new story. Yeah. Brand new story. And, mm. uh, you know, I was sitting, so interesting. With, sitting with her and then all of a sudden she's burst into tears and I'm like, oh, my heavens, are you mm. okay? <laughs> I think it's really important, mm. Dee, just if we can pause on that for a second mm. because the reason I want to shine a light on that is you might have some people listening now going, I don't have any problems around money, but yeah. maybe they've gotten themselves to a level where they could play bigger yes. and then there's that next thing to unlock. <gasps> so I like that you've said that because Thank there's different you. people listening that are like, no, I'm good there. Yes. But I think like you're saying, like there's a woman, she's now about to take that to a brand new level, bigger portfolio or whatever it is. Yeah. It's a brand new fear. It's a brand new problem that will, you know, come to the surface. Yeah, yeah. Now, Anna, you made the comment about uh, women giving themselves permission to be bigger, that we play small. Now, I want to just dive into this a little bit more because uh, 
it, it is something that I have seen so often uh, is that women don't give themselves permission to play mm. a big game and it sometimes shows up as, well, I'm doing okay. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things about money is that there's so much emotional, uh, there's so many emotional hooks to it, right? Mm-hmm. And there's often this uh, shroud of sometimes it's embarrassment, sometimes it's guilt, mm-hmm. sometimes it's a lack of permission. Mm-hmm. And when I ask women, how are you doing financially? You know, it often appears as, yeah, no, I'm doing fine. I'm, mm. I'm comfortable. Yeah. Now, and, and I love that when women say that they're comfortable, like I really do, because mm-hmm. often it, it, it is that they're comfortable. But I love to tap in and start to challenge them, and as I know you do, yeah. around, well, what else? What, where else can you play bigger? Because yeah. you might be comfortable, but mm. as you and I know, uh, all the fun Get sits. comfortable <laughs> being uncomfortable. Yes, <laughs> fun sits in being outside of our comfort Mm. zone so how do you how do you deal with that when you see a woman who's doing well Mm -hmm. but you know in your heart that she has a gift that the world really needs to see how 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 can you unlock that permission um stranglehold that she might have Mm. on herself one of the things is as well is sometimes complacency can play a big part because we just ah. said before about how um, people might say like I'm I'm good, but when they're good, it's they've got no pain either way, mm. right? Mm-mm-mm-mm. So there's no pain in up leveling, mm. um, but where the pain actually is is nothing stays the same. Your business is either growing or it's not. Your bank account is either growing or it's not. So nothing ever stays the same. But what happens with complacency or being comfortable for a long time will actually become uncomfortable. Mm. Oh, I love that. Yeah, because, and I notice that with people in business, with anything. So being comfortable for so long will end up creating discomfort because you're not growing. If you look at the six human needs of the way that we need to be happy and to be fulfilled, I think it's number three is growth. Everybody yeah. needs growth yeah. in, in every area of their life. Um, I also think there needs to be work around um, if it's a separation from the tribe because I struggle Ooh. with that one big time Ooh. and I still have to coach myself through that now oh, because I like good. I like to um I do earn good money and I do like to have nice things so I do um I have in the past and do sometimes struggle with if a family member comes to my house or they're in my beautiful car mm. and I feel this this feeling of I don't want them to feel the separation of the Mm. tribe, right? Mm -hmm. So what I like to do now to coach myself through, because it's still been, you know, it's been ingrained in me for years and years and years, I will now say I want to show them what's possible. Oh, I I want to to be the example of I was not the smartest kid in school. I was not. Mm. Um, I worked 
very hard and smart. I work smart now for my money and I want to be the person that can influence them and show them what's possible. Mm. And to have money doesn't mean you're an arsehole. No. Because a lot of people might have the program from before, which is um, money Money is the root of all evil or rich people. No, it's the are, love of money yeah, that's the root it's, of all evil. Yeah. So for me it's going, is it a separation of the tribe? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. What is actually the, the problems there that are coming up mm-hmm. to actually stop that person to go to another level? Yeah. You know, everybody now, $1 million a $1 million house is nothing these days, especially in Sydney, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a new level. So it's like how do we have this new level for you to go, okay, if your mindset is that my business is now turning over six figures, seven figures or eight figures and getting comfortable or uncomfortable with the permission point and doing the things that you need to do to take it to that next level. And, you know, sometimes that's just even the power of journaling. I'm a big journaler. Oh. Just self-coaching myself. I, I've finished the day with self with, with coach journaling. I start the day with journaling because you're your biggest coach um, and you're the one that can truly see on paper what value you can see is possible. And it all starts with thought. Oh. Getting bigger, giving permission to grow bigger, to, to do more, starts with you even just diarising and verbalising and putting it into thought because that thought will then create the energy of motion. And it. Yeah. That was just amazing. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> that was just a download then. It came that was through, a so. download. Wow. So many, so many pearls of wisdom in that one. Just in that. Love it. Oh, far out. Where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> Separation of tribe. What else I was talking you about? You know what? That? You know what? Let's just talk about that because that if you if you take the five closest people around you Ooh, and yes. you add up their incomes and mm-hmm. then divide by five, so you're just averaging the income of the five closest people yeah. to you, Such your income will be plus or minus five percent the same. As theirs. So, I mean, you know, we run through life with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, y- yes, if you, if you make a decision to level up how much money you're making, then mm. there is this separation. You know, uh, people going, oh, well, it's okay for you and you're going on a holiday again. <laughs> and those sorts of comments that can come from, you know, these are people that are your closest friends. They can cut hard. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, I, yeah, you can't just say just everyone would resonate with that with their families. Mm. And I did hear a great saying, which is you think you're enlightened, spend a week with your parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> that will bring you back down to like, going, okay, I still have to coach myself through whatever it is they say. Yes. <laughs> detach. Yes, yes. And understand but detach from yes. that energy. You don't have to buy it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And actually I uh, I came across, you might know this one, the Ho'oponopono method. No, um, it's a Hawaiian, it's a Hawaiian energetic healing process and you simply say uh, thank you. So thank you for the gift because it's, you know, every time someone says something that's, a, you know, that, that hits you, yeah. it is a gift because it, may, it gives you the opportunity to do that internal work. For, I forgive you. So you're giving your forgiveness to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry and I love you. So 
uh, thank you, I forgive you, I'm sorry, I love you. And you can put them in whatever order you want. Yes, yeah. But when you can do that with love in your heart and you, yeah, it, it just cuts that, that energetic awesome. tie. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's we, so good. Yeah, We started with frameworks at the start. So you've just given yes. everyone and myself a mm. framework so when that does happen, and let's face it, it's going to happen at yes. least weekly, right? <laughs> Daily. <laughs> God has framework to be able to self-coach us through that where that's fine, but I'm not, I don't have to take that on. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but yeah, it's given us a right. framework to be able to be conscious of how to do that. I love that. Yes, yeah, yes. So, uh, so giving yourself the permission to uh, separate from your tribe mm-hmm. and find a new tribe. <laughs> because and it doesn't mean doesn't mean that you have to give up your family and your friends. That's exactly right. It's, yes, it's, but it's you don't have to have the same mindset because there's a different mindset to get you from where you are now. Different mindset to get you to there. So yes. yeah, got to find the new tribe. <laughs> find the new tribe, and uh, you know the other one is that um, you can only expand to like you know the big fish small pond. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I I love putting myself as the small po- the small, small fish, fish in the big yeah. pond because that's when the expansion grows. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And that's where, for me, I was in health and fitness and I was the big fish in the small pond. Yeah. And as soon as I heard, I actually heard that terminology. I think that one of those, that analogy was the one thing that really created a shift for me. Yes. Where I was like, I know I can serve more. I know I can be in corporates more. I know I can do this. So, and it, and it is scary. It's, it's scary to take the leap out to be the small fish but that uh, you know some fish grow the size of a bowl and yeah. so you can only grow that size if you allow yourself to open up those walls or the the, the, the fish bowl even bigger to yeah. give yourself permission to grow more yeah yeah it's like the bonsai tree right it can only ah, grow yeah. a certain height because it's it's contained within a small yeah its root system is contained yeah go yeah. the analogies today yeah <laughs> course we're talking about how to make more money and money is obviously it's it is the great enabler and it is just an energy and it comes into you but it's I love the fact that this conversation has been more around the internal work because money will only come to you if you have uh, you know if you've got that fortitude to be able to handle money. Mm. You know, there is a a, a biblical saying that says to those who have much more will be given. And, uh, you know, I'm not a religious person by any stretch, but I I have seen that uh, that analogy in play. And it's because people have done the internal work, Mm. giving themselves permission, identifying those things that keep them playing small, all of those sorts of things that um, when you build that muscle gives you the capacity to be able to bring more money in. Obviously, it's then a a matter of being able to handle it when it comes in. (laughs) So if we want to make more money, then it's about starting with the internal work first. Yeah. And then, then when the money comes in, you'll be able to handle it. 
Well, Annette, thank you so much for joining us today on Money, Money Boss Radio. I have absolutely loved having you. Uh, for all the women out there who are looking to make more money and uh, they want a little bit of help in the internal dialogue that they're having with themselves or in the sales arena because Annette is Australia's leading female sales expert. Uh, you can find Annette at... AnnetteLakovich.com or you can also find me on Facebook, which is Facebook forward slash AnnetteLakovich official. Official, yeah. And, of course, you've got your Hairpreneur podcast, Mm -hmm. which is just amazing. It is uh, an opportunity for people to tune in and hear more of that wisdom that just keeps coming out of you, (laughs) coming out of you, Annette. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. That was Deanne Carter from Women's Money Forum. You can find her on Facebook and also womensmoneyforum.com.au. I just want to say a big thank you for listening. I hope you're really enjoying the show. Your reviews mean everything to me. And I do want to take this moment just to show my gratitude to one of the listeners who has taken the time to write in. This is Kat Miller. She's written Fabulous Breath of Fresh Air. She's given me five stars. Thank you very much. She goes on to say, love the energy, the golden nuggets, and the inspiration. Thanks. And she's got a few emojis there. So thank you very much, Kat Miller. If you do love the show, share it with a girlfriend or write me a review on iTunes and subscribe. Until next week, make sure you do one thing that fills up your level of happiness, an activity, a physical activity that lifts your level of vibration and makes you the happiest person that you know. Annette Lakovich, checking out for now.